You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, guys? It is Saturday, September 12th, 2020. This is Locked On Phillies. I'm Tim Kelly. And Joe Girardi said this earlier this week that, quote, you can't make this up, which is a quote I feel like we use in regards to Philadelphia sports quite a bit. But it's especially fitting both about Philadelphia sports and about life in 2020. After the bullpen blew what should have been a victory Thursday night in Miami, Joe Girardi said that Aaron Nola would start one of the two doubleheader games Friday, but he wasn't sure which one. His Zoom conference seemingly ended. He walked away. We were waiting for one of the players to come and appear and talk after Thursday night game, Thursday night's game. And then all of a sudden, Joe Girardi came back and said he had some news. He said Aaron Nola would start game one, but the rest of the weekend schedule had been altered because Zach Wheeler had an injury. And when Joe Girardi first explained that Zach Wheeler had injured his finger while pulling his pants up, I think all of us stood there, sat there on Zoom, kind of bewildered. It's one of those moments where you're trying to be professional, but it's such a strange story. You can't help but have a strong reaction. And I don't get the sense that Zach Wheeler was especially happy with how the injury was explained to the media and then written about in articles that night. He was made available yesterday before the game. And, I mean, if anyone ever writes a book about the strangest injuries in sports history, there's going to be an entry about Zach Wheeler because this injury seems relatively serious to his right middle finger. Since his junior year of high school, Zach Wheeler has had to pitch through stretches of each season except I guess his senior year of high school, where his right middle finger is sore because the nail on that finger is slightly lifted, which obviously drastically impacts your ability to pitch, especially at a major league level. And he said Friday that the nail has always been, quote, about halfway disconnected from his skin bed. I didn't even know that skin beds on your nails were a thing until yesterday. However, the fingernail's never been in as bad of a shape, as bad a shape as it currently is. He said, he he explained it, and I just want to read his quote. I'm not big on reading quotes, but I want to get the exact story from him. And he said, quote, I was putting on my pants and I stumbled and I lost my balance a little bit and my foot was going down while I was pulling my pants up. And so the lip of the belt buckle area just kind of caught my nail because my nail was already raised. It was easy just to catch it a little bit and rip it. And that's what happened. Joe Girardi, who was clearly frustrated, not at Zach Wheeler specifically, but obviously this has been, I don't want to say a nightmarish first year because the Phillies are in playoff position currently. But in terms of just dealing with the pandemic, you had the shutdown, you had coming back to a baseball season like we've never seen before, and now you have, and this is not hyperbole, arguably the worst bullpen in the history of the organization that you've been handed. He's had a lot on his plate this season. And to add this on, when Zach Wheeler was kind of one of the sure things on this team, you could tell Joe Girardi was frustrated. He said after yesterday's game that Zach Wheeler is going to attempt to throw tomorrow. He said Zach Wheeler had a relatively good day uh, yesterday, being Friday. But there are still questions about whether he's going to be able to grip the ball. And Joe Girardi said that the Phillies hope that Zach Wheeler can pitch in the series finale against the Marlins on Monday. 
But he did add that that's, pro, quote, probably wishful thinking to believe that that's ultimately going to be what, what happens. The thing is, uh, you hope if he misses that start, he's already been pushed back from Saturday, that that's it because we don't know. And Zach Wheeler was asked about this yesterday, and he said, obviously, I hope I can get back very soon. I think it's just going to be a day-to-day thing. We'll see how the soreness goes. We'll see how this thing starts healing up. That's all I can really give you at this time. If Zach Wheeler is not available to pitch in Monday's series finale with the Marlins, you go from having a guy that's been one of the better pitchers in the National League on the mound to potentially either another bullpen game or Joe Girardi said suggested that someone from the satellite squad might need to come up and pitch. He mentioned the name of Cole Irvin, who has not started this year but had been in the bullpen when he did start last year, was not effective. And then Ramon Rosso, who was the extra man in yesterday's doubleheader, is another guy that you've seen out of the bullpen but is apparently still stretched out to start currently. Obviously, either one, and this is not a diss to them, is going to be a downgrade over Zach Wheeler. But the larger concern would be there are only 18 games left in the season now. If Zach Wheeler ultimately has to go on the injured list, it could cost him the rest of the regular season and leave his status for the postseason should the Phillies still qualify without him up in the air. I'm excited to be talking to you about Built Bar again. You guys know how much I love Built Bar, and the reason I love them is because they taste incredible and they are healthy for you. They are really are for someone that's health conscious. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. They're low in all the things you don't want, high in all the things you do want. And they even have six new flavors Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, cake, and apple almond crisp. I've gotten to try all of them at this point. They're all incredible. I love the carrot cake one, but I would recommend trying all of them. And right now, if you make a purchase with Built Bar, you will get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, BuiltBar.com. Go there. You'll get $10 off your order if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. As far as the doubleheader yesterday, the Phillies exploded in the first game. Andrew McCutcheon had a home run. He had a double and he had a single. It it drives me insane when people say, oh, he's only a triple away from the cycle. And I get it. Technically, he is. But it's just such is a strange thing to say, especially for someone that maybe doesn't run as well as he once did. It's not out of the question for Andrew McCutcheon to hit a triple. But the idea that, oh, all he needs to do is hit a triple. Yeah, well, great. It's harder, I think, at the major league level to hit a triple than hit a home run. I think that's fair to say. So it's kind of silly when people say that. But in any event, Andrew McCutcheon had a very nice day at both games yesterday, specifically in the first one. Reese Hoskins really blew the game open yesterday with a three-run home run. It's crazy to think about because he got out of the gate slow in terms of hitting. He was still walking. But he's gotten on such a stretch over the last three or four weeks that we may look up at the end of this season and say the Phillies' most valuable offensive player was Reese Hoskins. It's crazy to think about. A month ago, you were kind of wondering, okay, is is Reese going to be in the plans for 2021, or is that a position you look to maybe move Alec Boehm to? Whatever the case may be. Now it's like I can't imagine a scenario where Reese Hoskins is not the opening day first baseman next year. 
Adam Hazley got the start in game one against a lefty, which he's traditionally A, struggled against, and B, the Phillies just haven't put him in the lineup much because he struggled so much against them. He went three for four in that first game with two RBIs. Unfortunately for him, he did not get the chance to start in game two despite that. And when he came on to pinch hit with the bases loaded in game two, didn't do too well. But the big story from game one was that Aaron Ola threw a complete game. It was the first complete game of his career. And I get it. It was only seven innings. He said he didn't think it counts. But statistically, it's going to go down as a complete game. And if you want evidence that other guys have benefited in similar ways to this, the final uh, complete game of Roy Halladay's career was a seven-inning game that was range-shortened. It still counted for Roy Halladay. It still counts for Aaron Nola. And now Aaron Ola only needs 66 more complete games to catch what Roy Halladay did in his career. So good luck with that one. In game two, the Phillies did a bullpen game. Blake Parker was excellent to start the game. And truly, I mean, for a guy that wasn't on the opening day roster, really wasn't that great when he was on the Phillies in the second half of last year, He's been the best reliever on the team this year, and I think guys have really taken notice, Vince Velasquez talked about this, of the fact that you can seemingly put Blake Parker in any situation, and he's a gamer ready to go out there. Maybe this is just a quick stretch and kind of a fluke, I don't know, but Blake Parker's been excellent, and that's been few and far between in the bullpen this year. Heath Embry came in, really struggled. Joe Girardi talked about how his location has just been off largely the entire time he's been with the Phillies. Ranger Suarez came in and also really struggled and just hasn't looked great since coming back. He's another one like Scott Kingry where there's this group of guys that got coronavirus in the summer and yeah, they made it back to the point where they could get on the field but I, I just think we may look back at the end of this and say this was a lost season for them they had a virus that we don't still know the extent of how bad it is and what effects it has on your body to expect them to turn around within the course of a couple months and be ready to play at a high level in the major leagues maybe was not fair. The Phillies certainly could use Ranger Suarez to get going. So far, though, he has not looked great. However, to only give up five runs over seven innings from the bullpen, it could have been much worse. But the Phillies did leave eight runners on base yesterday, which does really burn. The good news is Bryce Harper had his first extra base hit in like 10 days, still waiting on the first home run since August 22nd. But to have an, uh, it was a ground rule double, automatic double, whatever you want to call it, with two outs in the ninth inning. Real Muto eventually brought him home. It didn't end up amounting to a Phillies comeback, but they desperately need Bryce Harper to get going. His batting average has dropped like 115 points in less than a month. They need him to get back and get going, and perhaps that's the start of it. There is no rest for the weary, including people that cover the team. The Phillies will turn around this evening against the Fish and send Spencer Howard to the mound, looking to even up this series and stay ahead of the Marlins in that second spot in the NL East, which are currently only a half game up on. If you stay in that second spot in the NL East, you're going to the playoffs. We could look up at the end of this weekend and maybe the Phillies have put some distance between themselves and the Marlins, or we could look up at the end of this weekend and the Marlins are in that second spot in the NL East. We'll see. That's going to do it for today's show. I can, I, you can follow me on Twitter, excuse me, at Tim Kelly Sports and read my work on both philliesnation.com and radio.com. Now tell your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Locked on MLB. I'll talk to you guys next time.